how to navigate, you know, the, in the will of the Father, how to proper, properly um, divide, distribute, inherit the will of the Father. You see, when you hear the word will, you know, people tend to quickly push it to something you can inherit, and it's true. But a will is the desire of a father. Does that make sense? Every father would have a heart posture during the time when you are in your home with your wife, with your children, as everyone is living their daily lives, obeying instructions, expressing their different natures and personalities, the father is watching. Every father does that. I hope you're here. And every father wants perpetuity. There is no father that wants to live his life, die, and everything will end there. No. Every father wants to be able to transfer um, legacy. Did you hear that? Please be paying attention to some of the words that we're using today. I talked about will. Now I'm talking about legacy. I hope you hear. Legacy is a way of documenting spiritually, soulishly, the principles, ideology, way of seeing things. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Into your children. Did you see that? Did you hear that? Can you, did you get that? Every father does that. Every mother does that. Wants to shapen. I hope you hear me. Their children. And the purpose of that is to make sure that the children are able to. It's not just about giving your children inheritance. We have seen stories of so many uh, fathers that gave their children well, you know, massive wealth. And the children just blew it up in a few years. Sometimes about two years. Some five, ten. Did you hear? Why? Because there was no interface no relationship between the fathers and the sons. By sons, I'm talking about both male and female. Did you hear? This is very important. Now, it happens spiritually. It happens physically or materially. What I mean by that is that secularly, it happens spiritually. That is, for example, in the Aaronic lineage, you would always hear Aaron and what? His sons. Did you hear that? Praise God. But when it comes to Melchizedek, 
which is another order of priesthood, okay, it's no longer Aaron and his sons. It's now the father, the son, and the sons. Did you hear? And every single son is expected to have a personal relationship with his father. Every child. Every priest. I hope you hear what I'm saying. It's the same thing as kings. Did you hear? Every king wants his bloodline sustained. Did you hear? See, someone like Queen Elizabeth now, before she passed, all right? Before she passed, um, I'm not too sure, so I shouldn't talk too much, but I think there was someone who could have, okay? And there was none, or the person abdicated, I'm not sure. So let me not say, let me not just go in that line. But the point is that she was the daughter. All right? So she took on the throne. Okay? Huh. Now, the Prince Charles, the King Charles right now, is the son of Queen Elizabeth. Okay? And his father was one of the nobles. Okay? So the royal blood has to go through the mother to him. And he has two sons. That's Williams and the... Uh, I can't remember the other one, the one with the, the red head. I hope you hear me. Harry, thank you. Praise God. Now, if you see Williams, Prince Williams, and see King Charles, you will see that Will, Prince Williams is getting ready for the throne after his father. So they are careful to groom him as a king. Now, the difference between all these and the people of God is this, that the kingship and the priesthood is not separated. But the kingship and the priesthood is intertwined. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Hallelujah. Praise God. See, God is the great judge. The Father is a great judge. He's the king of the universe. Praise the Lord. So you see that governance. If the first man did not fall, the earth, I can assure you, will not have been the state it is now. I hope you hear me. Praise God. Because the true governance... Okay, is not what we see today. Am I making sense, please? Praise the Lord. So every single child of God must understand 
who they are. And in understanding who you are, it means that your identity in Christ must be standing before you. I hope I'm making sense. Praise the Lord. Because if you are not able to come to that conclusion, you see yourself as beggarly. You see yourself not bold enough to come before your father to make demands and to even negotiate and talk with him. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. And that is where we misuse prayers. Okay? Because we misuse prayers. And please, I'm so sorry. We really misuse prayers. I'm so sorry. Did you hear me? We are not able to understand the purpose of prayer in the life of a son. Did you get that? See, because you are going to your father and you are going in, in a battle mode. So, I mean, I hear people saying that we are going to bombard heaven, okay? And uh, you understand what I'm saying? You see, now, do you know? See, we like to use Yeshua as an example, and it's supposed to be so. And we say that Yeshua went to the mountain. I stand to be corrected, and sometimes I take some risks. I want to take one now. See, we say he prayed all night. think that guy went to see his dad. Please. <laughs> Does that make sense? The mountain is a portal into the realm of... Did you hear what I'm saying? Did you get what I'm saying? You see, so when you say he prayed all night and you want to pray all night like Yeshua prayed all night at... Where is your source of strength and source of energy? Because when it comes out of there, when it comes out, it's ready. Why? He went to be with his dad. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. That's why I say it's a risk I'm taking. So it means I could be wrong, but if this is my earnest thoughts. Did you hear what I'm saying? My earnest thoughts. Because by the time it's coming down, like you see the whole place is full. Hallelujah. The man, the man Yeshua, is what Hebrews tells us that lo, I come in the volume of the books to do your will. Praise God. I feel I should shift from this because if I continue, it will open up things. Okay? So let me just stay. See. I don't know how many of us have been to the monastery. Okay? I've been to temples, like Hindu temples, 
like, um, yeah, Hindu temples, and most of all those Indian temples and Chinese temples. You actually never really hear noises. It's always deep calm and peace. And you never see too much of physical activities. It's soulish, meditative postures and communion with dead spirits. Did you hear that? Our mindset has to really change about things. It's like when you, I've never read about desert fathers, but I have an idea. Okay? They are always in, they have specific kind of postures, and they're always in meditative, you know, realms. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Now, are there times when there should be okay. <laughs> Please, we're in the season where we have to put things right. Do you know that we try to pray like Yeshua? You know when he comes and says, can you not pray with me one hour? And things like that. And then we'll do that. We, you know, we want to encourage people. And it's good to encourage people. But when did he say that, this particular prayer? Huh? Within the contest. It was at the, it was at the Garden of Gethsemane. Correct? Okay. Let me just tell us what actually happened there. How many times did he pray? Huh? Three times. All right. Do you know what that means? All right. That garden, that guess my name, or what we call, uh, eh? Guess. Guess uh, 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 Guess uh, Guess yeah. That area is full of olives. Hmm? Olive trees. Okay? And he is the olive tree. Okay? Now, locally in Israel, when they are producing olive oil, there are three segments of, of processing it. So the first one, you get the pure. Okay? And then the second one is the second phase of, of the same. Do you get me? Huh? Not of the same quality as the first one. And then the third one is the last one of that same oil. You remember uh, uh, the two Joshua's when you helped me with uh, fruit and all that. When we finish pressing, that thing we do is called cold press. You press out the juice from carrots, okay? And you wanted to use the 
chaff for other things. I hope you hear what I'm saying now. Listen. When Yeshua was sweating blood, okay, is actually the olive. It's the olive tree that is being crushed. Gethsemane is the place for, of crushing. Do you get what I'm saying? That's what it is. So when you and I go and say, we want to pray three times like Yeshua, see, it's a good aspiration, but do it with knowledge. Did you hear what I'm saying? Because there was that, that you see, and God speaks to his people in symbols. Did you hear? Please, in symbols. Okay? So that we don't go doing things. Some, some people say, okay, I want to go and pray 40 days and 40 nights like Moshe. You don't even know what you're saying. Because Moshe, you know, the Bible says that there's no man that ever lived that saw God face to face. Am I correct? Okay. You are in the presence of God. And he's brooding over you. Okay? And then you are going to... Does that work? I mean, please. All right? You see, you should be receiving documents. <laughs> you shouldn't be speaking to him at that time. I don't know if I'm making any sense. Do you understand what I'm saying? You see, because... Give him, give him. Now, please, um, they are, see that children, when they ask for something, they shout. You know, like babies, if they want milk, mother has to answer. So, please, this is not to discourage people for prayers. I hope you hear, hear what I'm saying. Never. But we, we have to also ascend. Are you getting me? And there are times when you have to actually verbalize. I hope you hear me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, over the years, as we grew up from childhood, we've come to uh, uh, our mind has been kind of uh, conditioned to think that um, prayer is only when you are uh, uh, verbalizing and making uh, a whole lot of uh, uh, physical gesticulation, you know, shouting, all those things. But prayer is deeper than that. Even when you must verbalize, it must come from an intense meditation, deep, meditative. From there, then you can be able to speak out, but most times when we, what we've been, uh, what, what, what we've seen over time is people see prayer from the point, if you are not doing those uh, physical gesticulation first, that you are not praying. And so we must begin to think, even it must come from the depth 
of your soul. And that is where meditation comes in. Before now, you'll be able to come out with a verbalized prayer. Then it comes from the depth of your spirit. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Please, I would like us to, um, we're not confronting any person, okay? I'm not. There's a thought, um, um, there's a thought, all right? Um, I perceive and I believe that every father determines the pace of every communication, okay? If a dad is tired and you come to him, he will tell you, say, not now. You know, come back in an hour's time. I need to rest. I need to take a shower. I just came back from work. I need to take a shower. Do you get what I'm saying? So there are, there are times and most of and this is where I feel a bit trouble most of the prayers we do is to show other people and to please ourselves that we're doing the spiritual feat okay and uh, that I don't like because at the end of the day, the reward of the prayer might not be, do you get what I'm saying? The reward might not be tangible. Now, if you are going to the Father for something, it's serious business. I hope you hear what I'm saying. So you are telling him stuff that he already knows anyway. Because you can't say now that he doesn't know what's going on. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh, so by the time you go through some of these principles, if I can be allowed to use that word, you will find out that at the end of the day, most of us will actually be very quiet. Okay?
as that widow. Did you hear me? Why? In those days, there were prophets that were... Did you hear me? Are we together, please? They were prophets. So, and in that particular case, the prophet was living in the house of the widow. Correct? Am I correct? So immediately she went to the prophet to report. Or the widow of Zarepta, the prophet now was living in, in her house. Okay? Praise God. So I'm trying to compare this with you. Who you yourself, you are a prophet by, by, by nature. You are a priest also. You are a child of God. So you see, there's a difference. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. At that time, the father was trying to get, win the children of Israel to know who they are. Did you hear what I'm saying, please? Okay. There's someone else I'm trying to use. Look at Hannah. Okay? That's the my mother of Samuel. Hannah, Hannah was standing at the distance apportioned to women. Okay? And she was pouring out her soul to the Father. Actually, negotiating with the Father. Did you hear what I'm saying? And the high priest was standing and, or sitting and watching her and got a bit disgusted that, hey, you got drunk. The woman said, no, my Lord. Your handmaid is the, the pains in my heart that I'm pouring out before the Father. And what did, what did he say? Did the high priest know what she was praying about? Okay? So the high priest said, Okay, in that case, go and may the Lord answer you. All right? Now, she knew, okay, what the activities by her walk, the activities of the temple. I knew that the sons of Eli were messing up. And, and she was seen, and this is where it's so hard. She was seeing that Eli, there was no transference. There was no transference of the priestly principles from Eli to his sons. So his sons were acting another part. So she saw that the Lord needed the Lord. You see, and for you to even be seeing that, you also understand the need of the Father and understand the need of the body of Christ or Israel. Did you hear what I'm saying? She knew that Israel cannot go on without a prophet. Did you hear that? 
And she had need her womb. Did you get? So she went to the father. She saw an opportunity. I said, listen, just give me a son. Huh? Did she pray for sons? She prayed for a son. Mancha, well, that's taking it to the higher level. But she was praying for a son. Now, and she said, listen, I just want to see that lady in my house that is talking all the nonsense. I just want her to see that, listen, this womb is not empty. It's not dry. Just give me a seed in this womb. I promise you that when that child is when I will give him back to you. Take. There was no how the father would not have answered that prayer. Did you hear me? Praise God. There's no how. So by the time that child had been weaned from the breast, she carried the little boy to the high priest and said, this is, I'm that woman that you thought was drunk. Now, this is the answer to that prayer. And I promised the Lord that if only he could give me a child, a son, and thank you, sir, man child, you said, said, I'm going to return that boy to you. So she brought the boy back. And the Bible records that every year when she comes to the temple for the feast, she will sew him a tunic as he's growing. Did you hear? And that boy was always in the presence of God. Hallelujah. So the import of what I'm trying to say is this. Our identity in Christ did you hear me? Because it's your identity that will tell you where you are. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. Where you are and what you are supposed to be doing. Do you, are, are you, see, imagine um, a governor. He has staff. There are some staffs that he sees them almost like every day. Okay? Now, those staffs, they only see him. They probably don't fellowship with him on the same level. Okay? But they're able to see him. All right? Praise God. But the governor has some friends that can break protocol. All right? I remember because I have a relative, a queen mother from where I come from, you know, my earthly um, village. The first day I went to see her as a queen, I went to her palace. So she was sitting on her throne, and there was a courtyard, chairs everywhere, okay? So I stood here, and I threw out my voice at her. I said, please, can you tell me the protocol for this palace? 
She said, my brother, this is family. Come, 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 come. So I just walked straight. Did you hear what I'm saying? I said, there's no protocol here. Did you hear what I'm saying? There's no protocol here. And as I walked to her, she got up from her throne and hugged me. Said, my brother. Did you hear? Now, I shouldn't mis misuse that. <laughs> it's not that when we get to that place, I now put my hand on and say, hey, sis. No. She's a queen. Did you hear what I'm saying? She's a queen. All right? Hallelujah. Did you get what I'm saying? So understanding where you are, your identity. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Knowing exactly how to, you know, speak with your dad. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay? Now, if you are not able to, if you gather things from Scripture, things that are of different um, point of views, and use it for yourself, you know, I, I don't think that's appropriate. I hope you hear what I'm saying. It's what? That's more scary now. <laughs> That's more, now I'm more afraid. Did you hear me? See, so, see, see, listen. Now, there are circumstances where, all right, let me put it this way. If you, if you actually shout too much, <laughs> you are too far away. All right? Maybe I should shut this down so that it won't look like I'm attacking people who are praying, okay? But listen, we are. It's like the activities in the Holy of Holies with the high priest. Is there any, verb, any verbal talk? So it's majorly signs, symbols. I hope you hear what I'm saying. That's what it is. Or look at Zachariah now, when Zachariah was at the altar of incense. Okay? Now, that activity is prayer. Because incense is generated. Sir? Prayer. As prayer of the saints. Okay? Praise God. Now, I don't know that there could be vocalization. I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe Pastor Chudi. Okay. That prayer. Now, that activity that he was doing, and suddenly an angel showed up. That angel did not come just because he was praying. That angel came because he was praying at a process, specific process of time. Did you hear that? Apart from Zachariah, other priests had been appointed to do that same thing. And the angel didn't come. 
Did you hear? It was the right time. Did you hear me? And the right person, the right family, the right relative. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Because Johanan, John the Baptist, and Yeshua were cousins. I hope you hear what I'm saying. So this one, first of all, received a child. So in between both of them is six months, right? Right? Okay. So the angel visited um, Elishaba, okay? First, she got pregnant, okay? And then after that, six months after, the angel was sent to Miriam, okay, who is a niece, I think, to Elisheba, okay, or a cousin to Elisheba, okay. So that activity, when the angel came, he said, your prayers have been heard. The prayer that was heard was that thing he was doing there. And he was not praying for his wife to get pregnant. Okay? Hallelujah. <laughs> he wasn't asking God, please, let my wife. So when the angel came and said, your wife will get me, he said, how can that one be? What are you talking? Because that was not what he was praying for. <laughs> Did you hear what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Praise God. So as we journey in our priesthood, we should understand specifically how to officiate in the courts. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We should. And a lot of times, because we don't do things according to pattern, because there's a pattern, even in the Melchizedek order. Am I correct, sir? All right? There's a pattern. Is it Hebrews that say we should come boldly? Is it Hebrews? Yes. It says come boldly. Now, it didn't say come in an arrogant manner. That boldness is don't be have, don't have, have no fear. Let fear not govern your, your situation. Do you get what I'm saying? And it's not a prayer, all right, that is one-off. It's a continuous, I hope you hear what I'm saying. It's a continuous thing that you don't need any protocol because the protocol for that um, uh, what would I call it now? Uh, well, it's an interaction. But that, let me just say venture or adventure, okay? Or that journey, okay? The, the protocol has been put in place. Because it says, by the new and living way. So you can't come there without consciousness of 
what has been made available for you. I hope you hear what I'm saying. So coming in there now, you can't come in there as a slave or as a servant. Did you hear me? Did you get what I'm saying? Praise God. You know the, those two ladies that came before Shlomo, Sh Solomon? Okay? They came for judgment. The courts of Solomon was such that he has to hear every person, including two prostitutes. Did you hear? And he judged each one of them. Did you get? Now, they could come to that place for judgment because they were citizens of the commonwealth of Israel. So it was their right. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we must understand how. Don't, let's not model up things. That's what I'm trying to say. Let's not model up things. Because when you, have, when you are conscious, when you are aware, okay, of the will of the Father, did you hear? When you are aware of the will of the Father, because like that Geshmani now, that's, that prayer that he was praying in that garden, it had to do with the will of the Father. Okay? It had to do with the will of the Father. So when he came in there, he understood. It's not everybody who can pray. Those guys, <laughs> uh, how many of them? Three of them, right? All those guys that were praying, are they going to crush themselves the way Yeshua is crushing? Do they have the capacity? They don't. When they got in there, the atmosphere of that place knocked them into sleep. Did you hear? And that's the truth. Because when Yeshua went into prayers, he was negotiating the will of the Father. I hope you hear what I'm saying. He knew what he came for. He knew what the prayer was all about. He knew everything. Did you hear? But there was, I mean, and then he wasn't praying. What bothered him more was that he was going to be separated from the Father. For the first time. Now, go on. Go on if you really understand the, relative, the relationship between the Father and the Son, go and check the book of Proverbs, chapter 8, from verse 12 or, two, or 22. It says, I, 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 used, I, will I was rejoicing in his presence before any man was made. Even before the inhabitable part of the earth. Since I was there with him. See, I wisdom was there with him. Do you understand? So it, 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 it's rejoicing. Did you hear me? It's rejoicing. Being in his presence. He says, you have taught me the pathway of life. For in your presence is what? Fullness of joy. And at your right hand. So, so you come into an arena of fullness of joy and you're crying over some things. How, do, and, 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 how does that work? And do you get what I'm saying? How does it work? Do you get? Did you hear? Praise God. Hallelujah. So we need to drop off a few things, retune and refine, 
Did you hear me? Retune and refine. Praise God. So I'll come back again to Yeshua. Or maybe Moshe. Moshe was right in the presence of God. I am not sure he told the Lord, I feel like doing wee right now. Can I just go and do wee I Just at the corner. I won't go far. I don't. Sir? <laughs> All those things are suspended in his presence. In his presence is suspended. Did you hear me? And when he comes down, and you not say you want to do 40 days fast, 40 days and 40 nights as Moses. I mean, just do your 40 days and 40 nights. Leave off Moses out of it. Did you hear me? Because what he went, where he went to is not even inside the mountain. I don't believe that. I believe the mountain was just a portal into the very presence of God. Because why do I say that? Because the Lord told him, said, when you're building the tabernacle, all right, do it as I showed you. Did you hear me? As I showed you. Now, he said holy mount. True. But the tabernacle is not in the holy mount. <laughs> I, I don't know. Did you hear me? So it's a sanctuary. I hope you hear what I'm saying which he ascended into. Did you hear that? Which he ascended into. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, so if you now leave off your priesthood, leave off the principles of your priesthood, and go into the Aaronic priesthood, I hope you hear what I'm saying, where Aaron or the high priest is the one that goes to obtain Mercy for you. Did you hear what I'm saying? That's wrong. Did you hear that? That's wrong. Because the Father wants to see you. He wants to see you. When he says, you know those feasts? Now, that's why, the, see the feast, I said, three times do I want to see you in Jerusalem. Okay? Now, Yeshua when he was with the Samaritan woman, said that no longer would you need to go to Jerusalem or Mount Gerizim. He says the time has come and now is when the true worshippers worship the Father in spirit and what? In truth. Praise God. So the true intention, the real intention of the Father is communion. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Communion with you. Hmm. Hallelujah. So the will of the Father is very important. You were talking about the soul and expression of the true nature of God. If you don't understand the will of the Father, you will live another life. 
you will live another holy life. It would seem. Just like Paul, Shaul. Did he have any stain? Did he have any stain? According to the Lord. And everything he was doing, he was so sure that is the will of the Father. Until he met Yeshua. And Yeshua said, Shaul, 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 why do you persecute me? What did he answer him? He says, who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? So he didn't know him. So he said, I am Yeshua. Did you hear? Say, I'm Yeshua, whom you are persecuting. Now that should tell you something. Did you hear me? It should tell you something. It means that if someone comes and kills you, he has just killed. The full import of this message is who are you? Where are you? What did I say? Who are you? Where are you? Where are you standing? Did you hear that? Where are you standing? Hallelujah. If you don't know where you're standing, okay? If you don't know where... Okay, look at, see that servant girl that went to Syria? They took her to Syria after a military campaign by Naaman for the Syrian king, right? The Lord allowed that girl to be captured and taken to Syria. And she went as a servant girl. But even at that place where she was as a servant girl, she knew where she was coming from. She understood the covenant with God. She knew that there's a God in Israel. And there's a prophet there. Did you hear what I'm saying? So, and then she understood the, the Levitical um, procedure for healing lepers. She probably has seen all that. Did you hear what I'm saying? So when she saw her mistress, sad, she asked, so, so what's, what's up? She found out it's the, it's the husband. She said, oh, I wish that uh, my master would go to, uh, to Israel because there's a prophet there. Did you hear? Of course, when he went, the guy knew the right thing to do. He carried all the different uh, gold, all the fine things to present to the priest. And he was expecting that the man of God would come out. <laughs> but he, again, he did not understand the terms of that particular visit. Did you hear? So when he went there and the man of God refused to come out, the man sent the house, girl, house boy, said, go and tell him to go and dip. That girl, did she tell him 
that I'm sending my ogre? No. So the man of God was in tune with the spirit and knew that this guy was coming, knew the kind of person he was, knew what he, he, he was carrying with him, knew the, person, the man's personality and said, you go and go and uh, dip yourself in. The guy got annoyed that where I come from, our rivers are clean, well-maintained. Jordan is dirty. How can I go and be dipping inside? Thank God for the servants. Okay? Thank God for the servants. But look at what happened after. Let's not stop there. After this man was healed, he begged for something. He said, please, let me take some sand from your country. Because I want to pray. So he understood that Israel, the soil in Israel, is not an ordinary soil. Let me take some of the soil so that when I get there in my house, I can spread it on the ground. I will go and pray there and I will face the temple there. Did you hear? You get? And then he now told the guy, he said, please, ahead of time, pray for me. That trip, he got converted. And he knew that he would no longer worship the God of his fathers. But he also knew that that's where I come from. I can't stay here. I have to go back to my people. All right? So he said, please, because of my position as the head of, uh, chief of staff of the army of, Israel, of uh, Syria, when my king is worshiping to the idol, I'm supposed to put my hand on his shoulder. Okay? Praise God. So I have to do it. Please pray to your God to forgive me for that venture. <laughs> I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So even though he was doing all those things, his heart was not there. His heart was in Israel. Do you get what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Praise God. So you and I, again, must understand. Yeshua said, you are what? The light of the world. Okay? And you are what? The salt of the earth. Praise God. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 1. And after that, I think uh, maybe Pastor Judy or someone else will, will say a few things. And I hope... Um, what I'm saying is in line. I, um, I didn't truncate anything while talking. It says, Shaul, an apostle of Yeshua the Messiah, by the will of God. See, even though he was writing to the Ephesian church, he said, to the saints... Okay, to the saints. And this particular saints, it says in Ephesus, and the faithful. So I have to emphasize it this way so that it can trickle down to us. Okay? It says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Yeshua the Messiah. 
Verse 3 says, blessed, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ or in the Messiah. So the blessing is not to come. Is, is it yet to come? This thing was written how long now? About about maybe 2,000 years or something like that, right? 2,000 plus. Okay. So he said, blessed be what? The God and Father of our Lord Yeshua. So a lot of times I like to see how, I like how it's written. The God and Father. I hope you hear me. So the fact that he is the Father doesn't mean that you shouldn't recognize that he is God. Did you see that? His Father and his God. I don't, as loving, as friendly, as casual, Yeshua is with the Father. I'm, I'm not sure that he, he crosses. I mean, he said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So he's still emphasizing the Father. I, I don't know if you hear me. So he is exactly like the Father, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't know who his Father is. doesn't mean that he doesn't know who the source is. Did you hear? Are we together, please? Praise God. So, so we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. All right? In the heavenly realm or heavenly dimension. Okay, I don't know whether you think, and you know, like the way I think sometimes. See, because when I'm seeing heavenly realm, okay, I begin to wonder our composition. Who can, who can explain what I just said? Emmanuel, give him a microphone. Did you hear what I said? Why are you laughing? Because I didn't raise my hand like today. <laughs> I like your shirt anyway. When you hear that we can about God, the fellowship with with heavenly places, you 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 are thinking about our composition. That's right. Um, so I believe what I understood from it is, yeah, the wonder of man that he's been created to fellowship with divinity, mm -hmm. and the ability God has placed inside man mm. that. You know, you, you said something about our identity, our location. Mm -hmm. So the ability of man to fellowship in the heavenly places, the ability of man to interact with heavenly beings, with spiritual beings, most especially the Father. Mm. So I think that's what I understood from. Okay, thank you. Any other person? Stanley, <laughs> why are you laughing? <laughs> Any other person, please? 
No. Uh, Joshua? Yes. Uh, um, so starting from, um, particularly where you started from with prayer. No, don't go that far. Okay. Just these heavenly places. <laughs> Just these heavenly places. Firstly, I was kind of. <laughs> he had gone somewhere. Maybe he has gone to one, one of the realms. <laughs> Take one now. Hallelujah. You're talking about the heavenly places and you, you liken it as realms. Not that I'm likely. This rims, dimensions, dimensions. You see, I talked about the anatomy of a, a, a believer. Did I say that? I talked about the anatomy, our makeup, huh? The composition. Thank you. All right. So. So you say that you don't know the composition of an average believer, probably an average believer who is hoping that someday he will go to heaven and all that. Uh, so you talked about the realms, that uh, heavens is about realms. In other words, there are in heavenly places, heavenly places or realms, which is in Christ. And, uh, and uh, in Christ, there are realms. Uh, in other words, Rames in in heavens, and uh, and it based our 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 reign where we are is based on our interaction uh, with the Father. It means uh, you know God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings, and these blessings are captured in rames. In other words, I see those blessings that uh, the, can I say that the, the primary essence why God has blessed us with all this uh, Um, when you say them, that you wonder at the composition of man, um, uh, first of all, I believe that the man you meant is the man who is a believer. Yes. Uh, so the composition is such that that man has the ability to interface with realms that are found in Christ. Yes. He has the ability. Right. Uh, so that man, when we talk about identity, must know. If not, he will not be able to interface with the realms. Mm -hmm. And as a result, those blessings... Because they are spiritual. Right. 
And that's why they are in realms. You understand me? So if that person does not know his identity, he will not and cannot interface with those realms so as to be able to get those blessings visible in a tangible way. But all these realms are found in Christ. All these realms. It's not like you go and the realms are just there. All of them are encapsulated in Christ. So if we don't understand how to interact with Christ, to relate with him, then those blessings will be a mirage. So we must learn how to relate with him in a personal manner and corporate manner to be able to access those blessings that are in those realms that are in him. So your level, your level of interaction determines the realm at which you can get to. So certain blessings, not everybody can access them. Why? Because of the realm at which they have, the, they have developed the ability, yes, to relate with him. So higher, developing capacity for higher realms or higher interactions with him is what gives us access to the whole of the blessings. So, and, and I believe it has to be tied up with priesthood understanding of our priesthood because it is the higher uh, um, higher realms of priesthood that will be able to access all, all. But lower levels will only access the lower realms or lower blessings in him. So, and um, to interface with him means that, you know, when you talked about prayer initially, uh, there was something I wanted to contribute, but I said, let it be. You see, our, our understanding of what has been made available to us, you know, is what determines how we pray. That is what determines how we pray. I believe that there was one man of God then when I was in school of ministry, uh, Dr. Woodrow. He says that vocabulary drives the energy of the spirit. And uh, how I understood it then is that the level of your understanding of who you are in Christ Jesus determines how you can move things in the realms. That's what determines it. So it's important for us to consciously grow. We have to grow in that consciousness of who we are in Christ Jesus so that we can, you know, relate. We'll develop the capacity to relate with him. It's not to go to heaven because Christ is here. He's inside of you. He's everywhere. Uh, to be able to relate with him on a personal basis so that when we come corporately, uh, the, the, the synergy is such that all of him is revealed to everyone that is available. Even those that are lower, as the corporate, the synergy in the spirit is higher. Even they get access to certain things ordinarily they wouldn't have gotten access to while they were alone in a corporate setting. Uh, so that is basically my understanding of the composition. Praise God. Now, you know, the Bible says that when Moshe was mentioning priesthood, he never mentioned anything about the tribe of Judah. Okay? And when you think of Judah, your mind would never go to anything priesthood. Okay? But 
even when uh, Moshe said that another prophet would God raise up from amongst you. Do you understand that? When you hear that, your mind would carry you. You understand? Do you get? All right. Because Moshe, Moshe came from Levi, right? Uh-huh. But all the high priests that officiated were restricted to that priesthood. And then suddenly comes a guy called David. You know, just comes with his red hair, right? When he captured, when he, when he retrieved the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark had journeyed away from uh, Shiloh. It was captured, I mean, it came from Shiloh and went to, for war, right? And it was captured there. <laughs> God is something else. <laughs> so he was eager to leave Shiloh. Okay? <laughs> he was eager to leave Shiloh. Right? So when, when they just got, it also went, this is an opportunity for me to just come up from here. <laughs> so they, just, they carried him. Yeah, they are defied Shiloh. But Shiloh is very important. Even after David, after Solomon, okay? Because during the reign of Rehoboam, a prophet still came from Shiloh. I don't know. Do, do you get? Are we together? Emmanuel, you there here? Uh -huh. So that kingdom that Samuel generated with his garment was still in Shiloh. Okay? Even though the ark had gone to Jerusalem, the temple had been built and all that. Okay? That garment was still there. So it was that Ahijah that carried the garment to go and divide it, okay? And a portion. So that guy, that's, uh, is it Ahuja? It's Ahuja, right? The prophet. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> that, that, that guy still. So that garment was still there, all right? So the, the journey, the kingdom, the journey of the kingdom, I hope you hear what I'm saying. David did not carry everything. Okay? So while he was there, he just opened, carried a, a tent. Nobody had seen that before. Nobody had seen that before. The protocol had changed. Of course, we know the timing also. The temple had not been built then, right? Okay? So, in between the journeys, the temple had not been built. So, 
there was they hadn't the temple was the final resting place of of the ark okay but before then this guy just raised up this tabernacle that is only tent the whole of israel were watching <laughs> for thunder to strike thunder did not strike but there was something that he david had he knew there was something he knew and he he pushed on it and raised that tabernacle. And when he raised that tabernacle, he instituted the priesthood, okay, the, the order of worship, okay, and they were 24, okay, and the 24 hour prayers and songs were going on. He himself was eavesdropping into the activities going on. All the discussions between the father and the son, he was hearing everything. <laughs> he was hearing everything. I don't know if you get He was hearing everything. Okay? So, for him, it showed something that was in the heart and the will of the father. So much so that in Amos, say it's Amos, right? Huh? In the book of Amos. It says, in the latter days, uh, said the Lord, would I do what? Raise up again. What? So that composition of that tabernacle What did I say? That composition of that tabernacle, all right, had removed the outer court. <laughs> I think he also removed the holy place. And it's just, do you get? So, huh? everybody come and see the Lord. And that's what the Father is looking for. I hope you hear. That's what the father is looking for. That's what he's looking for. So the intention is not that there will be any protocol. I hope you hear me. Because if you are being built up and you are being built up and you are being built up, did you get what I'm saying? Into a holy habitation, the father will just come and say, okay, my house is ready. I will just come inside. Do you get and nobody's going to run. There's not going to be any high priest there who's going to be looking for it. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. Yeshua said that if you obey my commandments, love my father, say my father will love you. And I and the father will come and make our abode in you. Did you hear that? In you. Now, look at this thing. John. He says, let not your heart be troubled. And this is, I will just um, give chance for someone else. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You have believed in God, the Father. He's saying, believe also in me. Verse 2. In my Father's house, 
many mansions. There was a day some people came from the U.S. and I said, <laughs> many family, in my father's house, my father's fa in my father's family. Do you get, get? In my father's family, because the father's family, the father's house is one. I hope you hear me. That has parts. And everybody who is called by his name is part of that family. Okay? So, it says, if it were not so, I would have told you. Say, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to pre prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. This one has already solved the rapture issue. Even Exodus chapter 19 solved the rapture issue. Because he, he told them, he said, you have seen how I took you with eagle's wings and brought you to where? To myself. So here he's saying that, so that wherever I am, there you be also. Hallelujah. Now, how and what does that, this thing I just read now, what does it mean? There are realms. You want to journey in the Father? Huh? Any one of us want to journey into the deep? Okay? You want to journey into the beginning? All right? You want to enter into the Father? See, when he's standing, there's the arm, and there's this arm, right? It's a balance, right? There's this leg. They're the outward, and they're in the internal. These are different realms and dimensions of the Father. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Every aspect of you should reflect what the Father is showing. What did I just say? Every aspect of you should reflect Every single one of you must have a place. Did you hear what I'm saying? In the Father. I hope you hear me. So you cannot detach yourself from the Father. You cannot detach yourself from your brethren. You can't detach yourself. Do you get what I'm saying? So now we have, we have all come now to that place. Did I lose anybody? So you cannot do without discerning the body of Christ. 
Neither can you say you have seen the father and then you hate your brother. Did you hear that? So because if you have seen the father, you have gotten an understanding of the being that you are part of. And you must know that you are not there by yourself, but you are there with a... See, for we have not come to what? To a mountain that should be moved, but we have come to where? That's right. The city of what? The living, the living God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So you can, you can see which part. At one point he said, look, you don't even need to even ask me anything anymore. Anything you ask the Father, he will give it to you. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. Why? There's something that you have come, you have come into. There's something you have become. Do you understand? So it will seem like when I see the sun and I see you, it's the same thing. Did you hear what I'm saying? Now, all those things don't happen just by itself. They happen by your consciousness of who you are, okay, and your understanding. And all those understandings and consciousness, they all come from the place of deep meditation and understanding of the anatomy or the composition of the people of God. Behold how good and precious it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Hallelujah. Anybody? Pastor Samson? You have anything? Francis? You have anything? Get up. <laughs> Mama, you have anything? You guys don't want to accept roots. Eh? Yes. Everybody's <laughs> yellow. <laughs> okay, Kingsman Redeemer. All right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, I'll just I'll start from the very beginning. Um so I'm sure everyone knows that um, there's a new platform of prayer, like prophetically. Um, we're no longer meant to be praying the way we've been praying in the past, if that makes sense. We were never meant to have been praying that way to begin with anyways. But you find times when God would, the Bible says that the times of ignorance, God winked at. But right now, God is commanding all nations to serve God through Jesus Christ. And right now, the order of prayer is not... You're not, um, we need to be careful to make sure we are explaining this correctly. The Bible says, I show you a more excellent way. There's, there's ways of accomplishing things that are spiritually efficient. And there's ways of doing things that will tire you. The Bible says the way, um, the labor of a fool wearies every single one of them because they don't know how to enter the civilization of God. And you find that if you try and accomplish in the place of prayer, you can successfully, if you have infinite time, pray out every aspect of your life. Where you're saying, Father this, Father that, you can successfully do that. And there is a very important, there's something important about keeping watch over areas of your life. That's very important, amen? But the more excellent way is you plugging as much of yourself into the agenda of God as is possible. 
And so you see Hannah fulfilling this in her intercession. She's talking to God. Sorry, I'm a little, I'm still, um, this last weekend was a doozy. It was very, very busy and very, very exhausting. So I'm speaking gently, not because I don't have unction or anything, but because I'm, I'm, I'm keeping calm. Hallelujah. Um, you would see um, this lady, she sees or identifies the agenda of God and she puts her womb into the mix, if that makes sense, and says, that thing you're looking for, it is here. I have it right here, yes. And this is the way we should be. What I actually got when you were speaking was that, there's two things I got. One of them was, you're praying and you're asking God, God, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? That thing you're looking for, that I want to become that thing. Does that make sense? God, you're doing something now. Let's say even, let's say God tells you, like God told David, you're not the one to build a temple. It is your, brother, it is your son, Solomon, that meant to build the temple. You would now say, what does Solomon need? Who gets what I'm saying? And you now make sure that everything possible, the blueprints, because Solomon did not have the blueprints for the temple. He was a young boy. He didn't have the authority. He didn't have the influence, the materials. They, all, all that God told him was that this one will build. So the mindset of the intercessor is you're looking at things and you're making, because you're, who did we talk about this? This came up somewhere. When we're talking about praying for the, okay, so after our chat um, about the whole situation with, you know, what's happening in the body right now, myself and my sisters, we started having a discussion and we're talking about taking God's agenda seriously and throwing prayers at God. There's a way that you can, that's what I talked about when he's saying, <laughs> you know, there's a way you can throw prayers at God successfully and you appease your conscience, but you haven't touched the will of God, if that makes sense. Your, our goal, when we're, make no mistake, oh, you actually have to, the Bible says, kingdom of God suffers violence. The violent, take it by force. So you actually have to be very intentional in your pursuit of God's agenda. Sometimes when you're trying to pursue God's agenda, your mind would fight against you. Your own heart will fight against you. And so you have to use force. Does that does make sense? And in, in order to do that, for example, um, during the prayer stretch, I came here to pray. <laughs> I came here to pray to see God. I had things that God wanted me to deal with. And... I did not come here to fix computers. I didn't come here to settle internet issues. I didn't come here to go back and forth on different things. But all those things presented themselves. Now, I have experienced too many times where I would say to myself, um, God, you're seeing all this. So, and I'll say one nice prayer where I explain to God how blah, 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 blah. I excuse myself and just submit myself to the distractions that Satan has put before me or the legitimate cares of life. You don't have to say that it's Satan. Let's make it legitimate cares of life. Legitimate, yes. You actually have to deal with these things. God gave me a wisdom. He says, shout out loud every single declaration. Make every word count. So what I did was I, when everyone was declaring, I dumbed all the words down to simple. Because when you're engaging things with your heart, your heart doesn't process things the way your mind does. Your mind is intellectual, abstract, and you can... Your heart deals with, with passion, right? Impulses, something that you can drive. So I'll just dumb all the declarations that we had down to like simple words. 
and I began to say them repeatedly over and over and over and over again so that I could make progress. So I don't know what I'm saying, making sense. So in pursuit of these things, in pursuit of that communion, you actually have to make sure that you're driving these things home. You're not driving these things home so that you can say, I have prayed. Does that make sense? That's been a problem that we've had. We have prayer houses and they're flourishing and we thank God for that, right? It's good to pray, amen? But I can assure you that you can have a, a ship that is sinking because of what you know from communion. You don't need to pray and everything will be fine. You see this with Jesus, right? He is sleeping on a boat, right? The boat is sinking and Jesus is not praying. If that boat sank, somehow Jesus would not sink with that boat. Even if his head is submerged underwater, he will be fine. It's not because, it's because, who gets what I'm saying? There was established communion. Now, you need to actually get that communion. Does that make sense? It's not saying, like for example, you can hear what was said now, and then you now say, I, I'm not, I don't need to pray again. You're making a huge mistake. Does that make sense? When I say a huge mistake, the mistake that you would have made would be so painful. You don't understand what was being said here, yes. Okay. In the same scenario, Paul was on his way to Rome, and Euroclidon, the wind Euroclidon wanted to stop them, right? He didn't just, you can't tell me that Paul didn't have revelation. You can't tell me that even what Jesus knew, he didn't know it. But it was required of him to, at that time, to go for days. He went for days without food, I think for about uh, 14 days without food in intercession until he entered into what Jesus had entered into when Jesus sat on that boat. Then he now started begging, guys, take your food and eat. Take your food and eat. Do you understand what I'm saying? Assuming he did that labor before entering into the ship, then he could sleep when that storm came. You understand what I'm saying? So even though he perceived that the voyage would come to harm, but he didn't push that harm away before entering. When Jesus stepped into that boat, there were things that just go and read his story. He would cross over, sleep the whole night in the mountain, spend the whole day praying, then next thing he will appear. Of course, he had touched realms. So if you haven't been living that pattern of life and you want to carry what is in your head as what Jesus has acquired, and a storm comes up, and you don't pray or push it out, I assure you, the boats will sink, you will sink, and all the goods inside will perish. And everything... <laughs> Praise the Lord. Please continue. No, because the truth is that all these things that we are hearing, they are things that are inside of us. But the issue is that there's infrastructure that's blocking these things from finding expression. And we've explained that it's by interaction with God that this infrastructure that is anti-God gives way. It's by fellowship. When we say fellowship, we mean like interact. Who knows what we mean by interacting with God? Papa explained that Jesus Christ would, would spend time all night, right? That Moses would stay 40 days in the mountain. It is because of the intensity of the interaction that they could suspend using the toilet. They could suspend all these other things. Natural instincts, yes. So there is, there is severities of interaction, of communion with God. It's not that you have... The, here is the problem with all of these things. Because 
we use the same words to define different things. When we say pray, when we say fast, you know, there's a way that there's that's something that you do, you call prayer, you read your Bible, and you see that word again, pray, Jesus Christ prayed. You think that what you and Jesus Christ are doing are the same thing. Does that make sense? When Jesus Christ was interacting with God, let me, let me say it like this. Interacting with God without his will almost doesn't count as prayer if you check the scriptures. Does that make sense? If you have not been able to touch the agenda of God, you haven't communed with God. Because the priorities in the hearts of God is his agenda, is his will. Does, does that make sense? It's just like, for example, now you see someone, the guy is bothered all day long. Where's my wife? Where's my wife? Where's my wife? And you went to go and talk with that guy. And you didn't once hear him talk about his wife. You can easily say you never met that guy, right? Does, does that make sense? Because the number one priority in the heart of God is his body. And if you somehow commune with God, and what you walked away with was new visions for your, the building of your ministry. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that God doesn't show those things, right? But even the way those things will be communicated, if you stay long enough to listen to God. Something I think is also important that we don't stay long enough to listen to what God is saying. Idols, right? This is actually where I was getting to. What I was, was actually hitting at. There is a way that, and this is something, you know, this is Black History Month. And I've discovered that lots of conversations I've been having with people have been revolving around African history, African culture, you know, um, and different things. We, 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 we think that God is an idol. All of us do. It's subconscious. It's built in. Even the way we worship God, the way we sing to God, we think that God is an idol. Idols hate you. How many of you know that? Idol worship is you interacting with an entity that hates you, begging that entity to give you something that you need. You don't care about the idol. You don't want to talk to that idol. You want that thing the idol is going to give you. Does that make sense? We think that that's how God is. I never understood this thing until I heard Ian Clayton's testimony of how he went, he was a, he's half Jewish and half, I think, Nordic. And in each of his bloodlines, they have priesthood there. So at different points in his life, there will be a confrontation to seize his soul. Unfortunately for him, the one that was triggered first was the Nordic um, priesthood. And so because of that, a sentinel entered his life, and he began to learn their um, sorcery. While he was on that path, he saw a, what looked like a swastika. That's the demonic sign of witchcraft that looks like the false star of David, the, the sixth star, the sixth pronged star, one, um, two witnesses for each of the 12 tribes. The pentagram, yes, exactly, yes. The demonic version of that. He saw the Jewish one. I thought that that's what, it was the demonic one. And he walked to this house, and he went in there. While he was there, you know, looking for where are the spells, where are the charms, where's the everything. He now saw someone walking out with a guitar. How great is our God? He said, oh God, these lame Christians. What rubbish is this? So he was trying to end the conversation that he was having with someone and then leave. While trying to end the conversation, he looked with his spiritual eyes and he saw a girl that was praying. Now, while this girl was praying, he saw something he had never seen before. A spirit began to fall on this girl and began to commune with this girl. And he said he had never seen this before in his life. In all the spirits that he'd encountered, he saw that this spirit was embracing this girl. He had never seen a spirit hugging a human being before. He was wondering, he was wondering what he was seeing. Like, is this a joke? Is this a lie? Something is wrong here. Every spirit, now this is someone that, if you understand how spirit, uh, spiritualists work, 
how occultism works. There's a what if what if um season this TV show by Disney, What If um, Season 1, there's an episode of, of Doctor Strange. It perfectly explains how sorcerers work. What you do in, in the occult world is that you interface with demonic entities and align whatever consecration you have with them, and then you take them, basically, once you master their operation, you take that, that creature for yourself, and it, like, like a Pokemon that's in your pocket. But that creature, you're a servant to that creature, and vice versa, depending on who has the upper hand. Many of them, they go mad because of oppression, but they keep themselves sane by their consecrations, if that makes sense, in order to overpower and subdue these demonic entities. Long story short, it is a warfare tussle between yourself and these demons. But the reason why you have them there is because they make you powerful. Does that make sense? So in that tussle, it's all, it's, everyone is doing gra-gra. That's why if you check, witches can pray for a very, very long time. Because you need that stamina to be able to endure the torment of these entities. You need to be able to outlast them. Who gets what I'm saying? You know our God, when the presence of God comes, you will feel like sleeping. <laughs> oh, my God comes with peace. <laughs> I'm not lying. <laughs> what is that what I'm saying? There's a time you start engaging God. You just, oh, you feel like you're in heaven. And you doze off. Not me. <laughs> That's not how demons are. When a demonic entity is coming, you, do, <laughs> you will start feeling like something is wrong. That's a sign of power coming for you if you're in the occult world. Torment. Unless it's a deceptive spirit where they come with, ooh, and that one, that's the worst kind. So normally demons are known to be fighting as in wrestling you down spirit. So he's seeing this dude, and this lady, sorry, and he's asking, what is this thing? And he now explained that. That is the Holy Spirit. You know what he said? I want that thing. Whatever it is, I want that thing. He was tired of the fighting, tired of the torment, tired of, 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 of looking for power that is at the expense of your own peace. That is what we have. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus is not an idol. You know, we, that was how we, I think we spoke about this two weeks ago, right? Two weeks ago, yes. That idols, they carve out of wood. God's idol is you. That is, God's idol is Jesus, a human. The problem is that we think that God is an idol. God, God, it's not that God doesn't want to give us things. God actually likes us. Who gets what I'm saying? God actually loves us. This is such a, I mean, it's a huge problem because it breaks the fabric of sin on the inside of us. Deep down, sin teaches us idolatry at its very base. But God wants, I mean, if you see what God, what, what, when God said, I'll, um, I know the thoughts I think towards you, thoughts of good, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope, you think my destiny, the plans of God for my life. You know what God says? You will look for me and you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart. That is, that is what is in God's heart and God's mind. Who gets what I'm saying? God is not an idol. If you read your Bible, this is why I wonder, always wonder what's in the Quran. Because when you read this book, you cannot, you can, <laughs> anyone that claims that this book was written by a human being, you're an idiot. You haven't read this book. When you, read, when you read other books and you see how empty they are, that's why the, I heard the Quran is so small compared to the Bible. I said, yes, you have to lie, pro you can't lie too long for too long. Who gets what I'm saying? 
this book can be as big as it needs to be and you can see the tapestry of the wisdom of, I mean, the mind behind this thing. It's so clear what's at play. But when you read the Quran, uh -huh, book of Isaiah will be very short. They're on Isaiah. No, they're on Isaiah is, is, a, is an Ishmaelite. Hallelujah. Who gets what I'm saying? Who gets what I'm saying? <laughs> Hallelujah. We think that God is an idol. And this is our problem. So when we're praying to God, we don't realize that you just appearing before God, like Papa was saying, is God's delight. What he wants is communion. Not communion for things. This is critical that we understand. So you come to God looking, like you're looking at God, but it's not God you're looking at. It is that thing in your eye. Who gets what I'm saying? That thing that you want. And so because of that, the truth is that the way God has designed our lives and our priesthood and our community and everything is that as you seek that thing in the heart of God, you will discover everything that you need would actually be pacified along the way. Does that make sense? This is the more excellent way that's been communicated to us. Like, for example, now we're praying for, like right now in the cave, right now in the cave, now as a community, we're praying for birthing these new seasons. I discover that this new season thing is actually the agenda of God. God is the one that wants to do it. It is God's idea that things that you've lost will be restored to you. God is the one that wants to do it. You know, when you look at God's heart and God's mind, God, God told, told Saul something. He said, why are you disobeying me? When you were nobody, I took you. I took you from, 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 from the house of Kish and I made you king. Why are you disobeying me? In other words, what God is saying is, I have not finished my plans for you yet. You are spoiling what I am doing. Who gets what I'm doing? Who gets what I'm saying? Oftentimes, if you if you would establish communion long enough with God to get his intentions, you would see that the striving is not necessary. Who gets what I'm saying? That, that religious thing we put up in front of God is just not necessary. When you can just, honestly speaking, just sit down. And like Papa said, spend all night talking with your dad. <sighs> Hallelujah. I have here written, communion is the platform that we're on right now over idolatry where the will and agenda of God is our focus. We pray fiercely and intensely to break into communion. We need to make sure that we establish that communion because if we don't actually connect with God's will, our prayer time will be horrendously unfruitful. Hallelujah. Do you know how much prayer is happening in Nigeria every day right now? Yet, if you know how powerful the forces of darkness are against believers. Please do not be distracted by the testimonies. Though. Don't be distracted by those things. If you check, there's something the Lord showed me once. It was about a man of God. So if you study, if you look at what God wanted to do with Pa Elton, as far as the work of God in Nigeria is concerned, and what you're, the fraction of what you're seeing now being fulfilled in I want to be very careful with my words because my words could be misconstrued. 
if Gorgo wanted to do in, with Pyelton in Nigeria, for example, now, would have brought a canopy of God's kingdom over the nation. You will not be seeing men of God announcing that so many dead were raised or that so many sick were healed in their ministries. It would be Chinedu and Eka that will be making that noise about, and Samuel that will be making noise like that. Does, that. does that make sense? Right now, you're seeing a man of God. He, men of God should be doing the work of the ministry. Ministry of word and prayer, right? Then people that are cleaning church should be doing miracle signs and wonders. Who gets what I'm saying? Is there someone sick amongst you? Let them deal. If now it does, if if it passes that level, bring it before the elders, and it will be judged instantly. Cases that need judgment, right? That should be the case. That should be how things should be in the church. Now, we have now used ministry, like the flurries of the ministry offices, as a way to validate. Some, you know the gifts and calling God are without repentance. We're using that thing to validate an order that is incorrect. Who gets what I'm saying? So because of that, you're seeing something that is clearly wrong. But because there are testimonies revolving around these things, we use those testimonies to validate that thing. Meanwhile, in the heart of God, he is in pain because you are making a lot of noise in prayer. But you are not touching God. Do you know how sad that is? Imagine you have a factory in Nigeria now, okay? And the name of this factory is oil, oil produ or, or you have a refinery in Nigeria. It's called oil refinery, right? You have many, many buildings labeled what? Oil refinery, right? Then you now go to check your car, okay? And there is no gas, there's no fuel. And when you want to buy fuel, there is nowhere to buy fuel. Yet, you have many oil refinery buildings. Who gets, who gets the conundrum here? This is that verse in the book of Joel that says this. Why should we let the heathen say, where is your God? Is everyone listening? It's not that praying loud is bad. You actually need to pray loud. You actually need to pray firm. But it's making sure that you are actually praying. That's the thing, yes. You're hitting the target. Because the worst thing in life is to spend all of your energy. What's so bad is that even to gather energy to pray is a lot. That's the truth. But it will be tidy if you gather all of your energy. And it was for nothing. Oh, that is so sad. I know what I'm saying. It is so sad. You have a question? time I was shouting in the place of prayer and I remember and just to like what Papa is saying and I was shouting in the place of prayer and I just heard a voice from within me. It was very firm and the voice just said, shut up. It was, I didn't think it should be the Holy Spirit but what confirmed that even if it wasn't the Holy Spirit, it was something righteous that told me to shut up because when I shut up eh? when I shut up I actually saw something. I actually heard something. Because sometimes, you see, I'm trying to prove to God I can pray. I'm trying to, and the focus should not be that. The focus should be God. I think Matthew 5 just explains it. We shouldn't pray like the heathen. The prayer should be for relationship. You should actually benefit from prayer. Yes, so that's all. 
Michael, you came out too late. You shall come out sooner. <laughs> I don't know if what I'm saying is making sense. I don't know what he just said now makes sense. O oftentimes, even some of these things, when these things are taught properly, as simply as this, you find that even the newborn again child of God, when you're teaching them who they are in Christ, that they are loved by God, you can see genuine com communion would easily what? Ooze out of them, right? Flow endlessly. And then from there, they cannot begin to touch the agenda of God. What's the agenda of God? God has an obsession for the body of Christ on the earth. There is a will of God that is to be done. And this will of God, if this how people, will, hallelujah. The last thing um, I thought was very important, um, worth saying was, um, the tabernacle of God is meant to be with men. I think I understood this recently, was it yesterday or two days ago, in a different way, or probably the, this is the first way I understood this. The reason why in the Old Testament the building was charged with the presence of God was because angels of God were there. Hallelujah. Basically what happened in the Old Testament was that all the rituals that Moses did to consecrate the tabernacle, God doesn't actually dwell in buildings made with hands. That I've been reading the book of Acts and that's been an emphasis that Paul keeps on saying that these buildings are empty. There is nobody here. God doesn't live here. That Paul kept on, that was a recurring thing that Paul kept on saying. So I'm wondering, so what exactly was Moses doing? Then he clicked that, okay, God doesn't do all the buildings made with hands, but angels. Angel of his presence, right? Exactly. It wasn't him, exactly. So angels of God will come and based on alignment, they would rest in that place. Now, the Bible, the Bible shows us that the chariot of God is what? 10,000 and thousands of his angels. So it was on these principles that the presence of, the presence of God could be found in the tabernacle. Now, that is not the actual agenda of God. The agenda of God is that you, not thousands of angels. Imagine that. A man, of, man is walking by. And God is inside that person. Some of those things, like they're worth meditating on for a very long period of time. And you can see that the apostles embodied this reality. You know why? They went to go and preach in Acts 14. Where was that? Not in Athens. It was in Ephesus. Yes. Right? Uh, not where he said your superstition. Superstition was in Athens. Ephesus. Acts 14. And while Paul was preaching there, the priest of Zeus, not a commoner, not a, not a fellow idol worshiper, the priest himself looked at Paul and he said that what? You are Hermes. Looked at Barnabas and said you are Zeus. Do you know what that means? You are a god. The gods have come in the flesh to dwell here. That means they saw signs of that thing. There was something that they saw there. Now, everything I'm saying now is Right now, inside of all of us, the issue is what Papa said about meditation and engagement and communion and, <laughs> and religion. How much engagement are we giving to all of these things? What happened with Paul and the apostles in the early church was that every time they prayed, it had weight. It was, it, they prayed correctly. So because of that, they pray correctly on Monday. Something drops tangible, some tangibility of God drops. 
it stays. They engage it all throughout the day. The Bible said they broke bread from house to house. On Tuesday, they engage God again. Something else drops. On Wednesday, they engage God again. This, is, this was a daily, daily habit. Sometimes the engagements will be so long. They will engage God together corporately all night. They will have their own personal devotion. Who knows what I'm saying? Because they are praying rightly, the focus is on the same thing. Same thing. When they go, the Bible says that when they now minister to God, as I wonder, what, what, what's happening? When they now minister to God and fast, that God says, separate to me, um, Barnabas and Paul, for what I've called them to do. They now send them out. When they sent them out, they said, this is Zeus. Who knows what I'm saying here? When we're not praying rightly, we're going to have this, this thing we're seeing now. And it's painful on so many levels. Because what we're now doing now, is because now we have denied the average believer the right to appear before God. How many of you know that's what's happening? Yeah. The average believer is an idol worshiper in the, in, the, in the courts of God. That person is God's child. You're, you're training them to be an idol worshiper. Because they have been denied this thing, who is the idol they're going to worship? The man of God. The person that they're seeing. I remember a, a, a me, my son line. The pastor of Mega Church says it's all about Jesus. While he's saying that, the guy's doing backflips all over the church. Hallelujah. That's what's happening. The day that man of God falls, what happens? God has gone. But the way God has designed this thing is that what? God is in what? Every single one of us. There is no idol anywhere. You are the one that is the image being carved. You are the one that is the image being carved. Like what Paul said, my God will supply your needs. My God. My God. That means that what? Something was being carved inside of Paul. I hope all this makes sense. Hallelujah. Can we just stand and just respond to God in prayer briefly? Let's respond to God in prayers. We trust Him for accuracy in our lives. We trust Him for understanding. We trust Him for alignment in this season. David said, Let the word of my mouth and the meditate or the meditation of my heart be accepted. Unto your God. Holy Spirit, we ask for your help. We ask for your strength. 
we ask for your thought. We ask for your will in our lives individually as a family corporately oh God we ask for your will he said this is a confidence which we have that anything we ask according to your will that you hear at us we consecrate our heart today. We dedicate our heart today as a priest of the Most High God. You are the living God, the only true God. The Bible says there are many gods in the world, but you are the only true God. I commend it to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up. This is a life eternal that we may know him and Jesus Christ whom we have sent. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for teaching us by your spirit. Thank you for guiding us by your spirit. Thank you for helping us by your spirit. Thank you, Father, for leading us by your spirit. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your spirit in us, with us. You will help us. You will help us. You will help us with your mind. You will help us with your thought. You will help us with your imagination. You will help us that our lives will align. Our life will come into agreement with your standard, with your program, with your agenda. We just trust you. Evenisa in the Fenegumba Sakunisas even no bahat Shakunigasasival hat. You will help us. You will help us. Thank you. Thank you. Even as you are bringing help to us, the Bible tells us that is your will, is your desire to give us the kingdom. We give you praise. We give you all the glory today. Oh God, we'll not just be here of these things, but you will help us to be the doer. That we may line our lives, Lord, position ourselves. Sagodum so sunavumve, Sagutu his sasigamaha, Sagodum so sukata, circumcise our heart, circumcise our heart, Holy Spirit, circumcise our heart, circumcise our thought, our imagination, circumcise our desire, circumcise our heart, Holy Spirit, hey, circumcise our Oh, we give our soul to you. We give our heart to you. We give our desire to you. Shamaniva la kashakada. He said, we'll find you if we look for you with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. We give all to you, Father. We give all to you by the help of the Spirit. We give our desire, emotions. Lord, our desire, our will, oh God. 
We give all, all, all. Egenem fenisas, egenem masos, egenem masasa, egenem masos, egenem masosola. Alimanesas, igemehefa. Eh, oh, labahasha. Thank you. We circumcise our heart today. Circumcise our heart today. We dedicate ourselves to you. We dedicate our will to you. We dedicate everything to you, Father. So let your name be glorified. Let your name be exalted, O oh God. Let your name be worshipped. Let your name be glorified. Thank you. Thank you for hearing us. Thank you for answering our prayers. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you all the worship. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, my God. Lord, we ask that you will bless the body, which is your body. We trust even as we take today. We are receiving strength. We are receiving life. We are receiving alignment. We are receiving the power of the age to come. Thank you. Thank you for your body. The Bible says we should do this in the remembrance of you. We remember the Lord's death. We remember the Lord's resurrection. Thank you. We give you praise and glory even as we partake of your blood. Yeah, the Bible was the, the Bible declared that is the blood of the new and living way. The New Testament. Thank you. Thank you. We drink life. It will wash all righteousness. It will wash everything that's not consistent with your word, with your program in ourselves. We receive the witness of the age to come. We say our body is not the body of corruption, the body of Jesus Christ, the body that cannot see death, the body that can subject to death. Thank you. Anything that is not of that age, anything that is not of that reality, is not permitting our souls and our bodies. We declare that we are of Jesus. We declare that we are the generation that's looking for your face. Not the generation that look for corruption. Not the generation that look for things that pass away. But the generation that look for the face of God. Thank you. Ebenezer we worship you God we give you glory we give you praise in Jesus name we are prayed amen okay let's come to let's approach the table of the Lord
You can come to the table of the Lord. Hallelujah. The youth vigil that normally takes place, um, which will be taking place normally from midnight, um, will just, because of the birthing the new season prayers, we'll just connect with the birthing new season um, prayers from 4 a.m., stretching all the way to 7.30. Hallelujah. If you're in a cave, I, I oftentimes I see the cave dwellers. Um, iPad is on, right? Yes, so I see that you guys are connecting here. And if not, you find someone that, um, whatchamacallit, that's connected. If wherever you're at, please make sure you connect. Um, I want to encourage you to join these prayers um, as much as you can. We're ending very soon. We have literally one more week, right? We're ending in a week. God can do anything in whatever period of time, but please join in and connect with the Lord during this time. This restoration of, of seasons, um, it is something that is sitting over Lagos geographically. It is sitting over ministry offices in Lagos. It has to do with what God wants to do in Nigeria in this season. It, it's my look, uh, what is the word now? Like it's just God being kind. There is something that God wants to do in Nigeria and it is critical that specific individuals have some seasons of their lives restored to them. Some of you, because of what God wants to do in Nigeria, there is a necessity that in areas where finances, you missed out on finances, that thing be restored to you because of what God wants to do in Nigeria. Don't say it is too carnal, one. Two, don't canalize it. Does that make sense? Let us connect with God and define exactly what this season is meant to be plug in and download these things some of you it's a marriage you're meant to have been married and then god is bringing that season of marriage around plug in and connect kingdom marriages will be happening hallelujah some people it's a child or children that should be happening in this season hallelujah some people it's ministry offices ministry giftings spiritual authority some of you it's a season you're meant to have connected with god in the place of prayer and you missed an advantage some kind of leverage that a season brought to you that season of leverage is now upon you you're meant to plug in and reclaim that authority don't miss out on these provisions of the lord god is not foolish in creating these things i've discovered that when we think that god is foolish and we treat these things trivially something will bite us in the future that will not be our portion in jesus name not because you said amen but because you participated in the prayers hallelujah so please make sure you're participating the days that you miss make sure you plug in the best way that you can hallelujah okay we're officially dismissed again vigil is happening we're starting 4 a.m we're ending at 7 30 a.m hallelujah <laughs>